Coming up on the Cattle Barons Club podcast. Today we're breaking down vinyl. What you want to know or what you should know if you're getting into the collection of LPs, vinyl, 45s, you name it. Uh, should be a fun time, Billy. So unless you're living under a rock, you, you know, <laughs> you probably know that, that vinyl is now beginning to outsell, definitely outselling CDs. Right. Uh, I heard another report that they're actually beginning to outsell MP3s and download streaming as well. Real men talking about real topics. Here at the Cattle Barons Club, we'll hash out just about anything. If it's important to guys, we'll talk about it. So crack open a cold one and pull up a seat. The Cattle Barons Club podcast starts now. And there's always that argument. I get, well, I, I guess I don't know if it's an argument or a topic of conversation, but the quality. Yeah. The quality. So, you know, how, how many of you... You know, particularly people our age, you know, we, you know, kind of grew up in the advent of CDs phasing everything out. Right. So you get a scratch in a CD and it's just kind of this hissing little... Oh, you it's, know, it's awful. Yeah, there's know, there's no hope for it. And so, you know, retro is kind of a thing, you know, and I think the whole retro movement actually began like in the late 90s you know, as a musician... I began transitioning away from the new advanced solid-state amplifiers mm-hmm. to tube amps. Right. Because there is a quality in a tube amp that you cannot get in something that's solid-state. You know, and that, that's the thing is, like, when you anytime you implement, like, a tube like that, you get this richness. And see, I think when you, you use the term warmth, that, that, that hits the nail on the head. That's exactly... That's the difference between mm-hmm. analog and digital is there you just cannot replicate that warmth. Right. Now granted streaming in MP3s and MP4s they're better quality than CDs, you know. I'll, I'll right. give them I'll give, you know, I'll give them that. But there's something about the analog magnetic record, you know, and you know, I always I, I thought back in the 90s, you know, here in 10 years you'll never ever see another LP again. Yeah. yeah. And and then, you know, Lo and behold, and I think I was kind of an early pioneer on this. I was walking through a thrift store and I was like, right. oh my goodness, it's Led Zeppelin too. I have right. to have that. And so I wanted that Zeppelin two album so bad I was willing to go buy an old used turntable mm-hmm. just so I could play that record. Right. And then as soon as I put it on, I'm thinking, you know, this this is just better. Oh, it is. Um, it totally is. And so I, you know, I meant to do a little bit of research on it, but apparently they're coming out with something that's going to be called HD Vinyl. Really, which is supposed to take it completely to another, another world. Interesting. Now, my question with this, and again, I'm I'm a big audio nerd, but I don't know the answer to this, and maybe somebody out there does. Okay, so like you look at like the dynamics of music, like when you're looking at the waveform of a chunk of music, and you go back even 10, 15 years, there was still dynamics to it. Oh yeah. Nowadays, it's compressed and crunched and limited, where it literally looks like a solid line going across your your screen. So my question is, I wonder if Vinyl, I wonder how that's going to affect vinyl. Well, there's the common problem, you know, some people will buy like a modern album on vinyl and say, we know this doesn't sound just 10 miles ahead better. Right. Well, the thing is, is that when you buy something that was recorded in the 90s or even the 2000s, you know, it was recorded on a digital source. Right. So when you go from a digital source to analog, you you still, it's better, Mm -hmm. but you do not get the full, you know... The, right. The full effect. It's like those classic albums that were recorded in an analog fashion and right. gone from an analog fashion to a to a record. Those are always going to sound a lot better. Right. Um, uh, it wasn't the latest one, but it was the the uh, Foo Fighters album that, that "Learning to Walk Again," "Pretender." Right. 
Um, Dave Grawl was a bit of a pioneer because he sat down and they used actual tape. They used analog to record that. Right, right. And, and it's and it's so much harder to do it that way because analog sounds different when you play it back. Right. You can't fix little problems and you can't process like no. you do with digital. No, not you at know? all. Um, I guess the exciting thing for me is to you know to think well you know maybe this vinyl craze will you know elevate the masters and kind of weed out the, the, the posers, you know, the people that would be awesome, you know, and I almost hope it kind of reverts the way music is produced a little bit because I like, man, I, I can't stand the, the way music, I mean, I, I can't remember if we've talked about this in, in a past podcast or not, but looking at like radio processing, like when you're listening to an FM or AM radio station and your, your, uh, your last chain of command when it comes to processing before that signal goes out on FM or AM, these machines anymore are so flipping elaborate. They're literally like dissecting the music. Because it's so it's so overdone. Because he's producing, you know, the, the, these um, uh, production houses literally want these songs to be, you know, they they want them to sound like they're on a radio. Uh, if you're listening to it just from your MP3 on your your iPod or something like that, or your your iPhone, that's what they want. So, needless to say, you put that out on a radio station that requires X amount of processing to even get that signal to sound good on FM or AM. These machines literally are having to dissect that song real time and then pump it back out. It's nuts the amount of like brain power that these machines need to do that and to constantly keep up with the music industry and how they're producing these songs. I mean, they're literally ripping it apart, adding dynamics back to it, you know, declipping, decompression. I mean, literally like ripping the song apart down to its core and then adding the proper processing back to make it sound rich and full on the radio like it should because you just pump that song out straight from a producer on an fm or am band it's gonna sound like hell yeah you know um so i don't know if i'll be very interested to see if like this vinyl craze gets you know music producers to back off on this fullness and who's louder BS, you know? That'll be very interesting to see how that plays into it. I don't know. I don't know. You know, music and everything, you know, seems like so much in our culture is like a wheel. You know, it just rotates, you know, um, like 80s fashion for a while was a thing. I think think the the fashion, you know, of the the music was good, but the the fashion was absolutely atrocious. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I I don't know what happened there. Yeah. In fact, I prefer seeing somebody in bell bottoms and looking all 70s like than all 80s, you know. Yeah, 80s was a train wreck. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, 90s, you know, I thought the music was good. You know, the the fashion was kind of cool. The grunge look I thought was, Mm -hmm. you know, was all right, but... You know, everything kind of goes in a wheel. It does. As far as our culture goes. And, you know, I'm just hoping that vinyl means that, you know, ugly people get to make the music again. (laughs) That's when the music was so much better. so true. That's so true. I was literally this morning at work, you know, uh, uh, normally I'm pretty slammed, but I had a little extra time. So, you know, I was flipping on a little little doo-wop you know, and, and some classic rock and, and whatnot on YouTube. And cause I, I enjoy watching the live performances, you know, because it's kind of fun to, especially doo-wop, get to see these, these guys, you know, and either their original or what they look like now, you know, and you hit the nail on the head. These guys were, I mean, they were singing because they were talented and they were good at it. Right. And that's it. 
You know, they they weren't a bunch of freaking, you know, superstar model looking individuals. They were doing it because they loved the music and they were good at it. And with technology anymore, you can do anything. You know, right. auto tune, compression. I mean, even the, the 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 system that we use to record these podcasts, for God's sakes. Like, you know, I use Apollo, Universal Audio Apollo, and to, that's something that's really going to feed into this too that I want to bring up. But what we can do with that little box in back to record our podcast is mind boggling. You know, I mean, granted, I bought it for voiceover because you know there I can you know make the tweaks real time and stuff. But you know, you take a, a digital interface like that. And what are they doing? They're getting away from, yes, it's digital, but they're getting away from the digital stuff and the digital digital processing, and they're trying to emulate the analog signals. Literally, you open up that Apollo interface, and that's all there is in there is, is okay, you know, various tape decks that you can record on, or various, you know, um, old school limiters and compressors and, you know, EQ bands, all this old, you know, Rupert Neve stuff that, you know, was big in the 70s, 80s, you know, the stuff that made the music that we all remember, that's what they're going after. So yes, it's digital, but they're trying to emulate the analog signal. And uh, I, I just wonder how that what what the, what that means for the well, future. Well, it's not just the it's not just in the playback and the processing. I mean, even as a musician myself, I have a box. You know, it's a fairly expensive box, mm-hmm. and I push a button uh, two or three, and it sounds like I have a Vox tube amp with yeah. a with a yeah. big muff distortion pedal. Right. You know. Very kind of kind of low tech stuff that sounds good, right? But I have this really high tech advanced thing to make it sound like the old stuff, right? And it's it's right. it's almost a, a paradox of sorts. And, and I, right. I remember years ago I read an interview with Andy Summers. He was the guitar player for the Police, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, he said I kind of saw all this coming. I was at a blues concert, and this guy had this processor, and this processor was taking this five thousand dollar Les Paul guitar. Mm-hmm. And making it sound like a harmonica. Wow. And said so that there's about $5,000 worth of audio gear, a $5,000 guitar, guitar, and all this technology to make it sound like a $5 instrument you could get at a dime store. Right. You know. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, and that's, that's what's so cool. I mean, when you listen to things on vinyl and you put it through a tube amp and you put it through an old graphic EQ and things like that. You know, there was dynamics behind the music, and then all of a sudden you start running it through a tube like that. It adds some character, you know, the right kind of distortion, not the not the digital distortion that's, you know, compressed through the roof. I'm talking like the warmth and the richness, you know, that's what... That's what comes back when you when you listen to vinyl and you run it through a good setup. And and honestly, I didn't even you know I've always had a vinyl setup. You know, it was my dad's. He gifted it to me, and and that's something that I will never get rid of. You know, I've sure. probably got jeez, I don't know, five hundred records probably back there. And you know, I don't listen to it as much as I would like simply because I live in an apartment. I don't want to you know completely piss off the neighbors. But um, when I started doing, uh, what was I researching? Um, oh, I was, I was just having a little bit of trouble um, with some of the routing for the graphic EQ and things. And I was like, ah, well, I'm just going to see what's on YouTube. And I started typing in like LP and vinyl and, and st- oh my gosh, people are like, this is really coming back, Billy. Yeah. I mean, the, the interest in the, the drive behind vinyl, it just boggled my mind. I and mean, there's people who literally are building rooms in their house to just store and listen to vinyl. Mm-hmm. You know, it's amazing. 
It's amazing. So I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and make a make a bold prediction. Mm-hmm. Um, what I what I'm predicting Billy's bold prediction. What I see happening over the next ten years, I think you're going to see a revival of old school album oriented rock, and yeah. you're going to see a revival of kind of old school outlaw country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so funny, you know. A, a couple times I've had somebody you know ask me, well, "Who's your favorite country artist?" And I tell them, and they just look befuddled. You know, who is your favorite country artist? I have about three favorite country artists. Okay, um, Buck Owens. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Dwight Yoakam. Yes, and Chris Christopherson. Jeff just met Dwight, by the way. The really? Other night. Oh yes, our buddy Jeff in Nashville. Anyways, and uh, Chris Christopherson. Have you seen the movie that him and Trace Adkins are in? I haven't. It's not a high. Do you have Netflix? I home? do. Okay. Uh, remind, I think it's still on Netflix. I can't even remember what it's called. Anyways, Trace Adkins started doing some movies, and I mean, they're not like super high budget. I kind of like them. The last one I watched was just out there. But uh, yeah, there's one with Chris Christopherson, and, and you know, he's this like old bartender dude. It was awesome. Loved it. Anyways. Yeah, um, like the secret of Chris Christopherson's acting is not the skill and not the no. dialogue. He just pervades this attitude. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and it just comes across. You right. Know, it's the, kind of like, um, um, oh, God, why am I drawing a blank here? Um, Clint Eastwood. He, he kind of almost a little bit like he's not like Clint Eastwood, but just that I'm Clint Eastwood. Well, I'm Chris Christopherson. Like that's just kind of the – you know, he just—he doesn't even have to say anything. He's just like, "Oh, that, it's him. It's that guy." You know, right. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's been around a long time, and there's probably a lot of songs in the radio people don't even realize he—you know—he wrote those songs. Oh, I know. Well, it's like Willie Nelson. You know, nobody even realizes it was songwriting that put Willie Nelson on the record. It wasn't—it wasn't freaking singing initially. You know. Well, it—it it wasn't. It, it, you're right about the songwriting, but I remember I was six years old and I got to go see a Willie's picnic when I was in Texas with my mm-hmm. family. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I totally didn't want to go. Country music was square, <laughs> right? It's I, square. Know, I, I want to go see Gene Simmons and Kiss. You know, I right, don't want to go see. Right. But I mean, the showmanship that Willie Nelson. Oh, had, he's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just phenomenal. I, yeah, I, I like. I have not seen him in concert. That is a concert I would love nothing more to to see. Um, I was trying to think here, um, but no, I mean, like a lot of people don't even realize, like um, you know, his fi- first big big record you know uh, uh hello walls with farron young you know he 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 was trying i forget it was like 10 bucks is what he wanted to sell that to farron for ten dollars and farron you know being a good guy was like no nah, dude just like if you need if you need 10 or it, it was probably more than like 100 bucks but i mean it was stupid low stupid low especially for like a freaking platinum or whatever it turned out to be and uh farron's like i tell you what like if you need 100 bucks like i'll, I'll loan you 100 bucks man but just just hold on to the royalties of this song and here freaking hello walls is just you know skyrockets off the charts so um yeah it's 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 very interesting but no it'll be it'll be interesting to see so you think it's going to be kind of a a rock country comeback like i do and you know and it's you know and two i think i'm hoping wondering i think you're going to see some old school funk and old school r&b you know, I could see that reemerge. Do you listen to any of the indie music stuff? Um, I listen to it. I don't really keep track of who does what, yeah. but I, but I but I pull it up and I listen to. I it. I just wondered if any of that's like targeting any of that. I don't listen to any of it, so I don't know. So but. my my favorite indie band that I'm kind of keeping track of a little bit. It's the band is called Joseph, but they're yeah. three, they're three females. Yeah, and it's the music is very just the pathos of the songs is just yeah. amazing, and the and the and the skill that these ladies have is amazing. You know, to uh-huh. me that's indie rock, but that's right. 
Um, but that's becoming even that little group is becoming very popular. Right. Well, you I will say, speaking of ugly people that can sing, um, please forgive me. Uh, Luke Combs. Have you heard his stuff? I haven't. Dude, listen to it. He's phenomenal. This guy is like, oh, my God, like just hit after hit after. Hit. Well, Chris Stapleton is another one. You know, he looks like a freaking hippie country rocker dude, but he's just freaking phenomenal. And Luke Combs is the same way. I mean, you know, there was actually uh, an article I read about how people were like giving his girlfriend a bad time because, you know, she's a bomb, right? And she's with Luke Combs. Like, yeah, he's a country singer, but like, why? Are you just with, you know, basically they were just chirping her like, you know, being like the, you know, the, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, um, um, uh, the sugar daddy or right, right. freaking something along those. That's yeah. basically they were trying to call her out, and you know she had a really good comeback for that. But um, so I don't know, man. It'll be interesting. Uh, well, like you go back to Susan Boyle. You remember her? Oh yeah, that woman has some freaking pipes, man. Like it's amazing the amount of talent out there that the music industry decides to pass up on because it's like you don't fit in their little you know mold of of what a singer songwriter should look or whatever it's just frustrating well, so you know how many artists have the the record companies put forth based on the new kids on the block model you know the right. new kids on the block are completely passe but mm-hmm. hey let's put together the backstreet boys right and i was surprised somebody said they come out in 93 94 and i'm like yeah in that time if you didn't have a wah pedal and a drop d distortion i didn't know you existed <laughs> you know right right but you know but it begs a fundamental question that's deeper than music formats and electronics what is is this saying something about society i don't know that's a deep one man what do you think it's saying about society see i believe that we are a society that is getting really really sick to death of pretense i could see that yeah I, i agree with that yeah sick to death of you know i think we're sick to death of political correctness you know yeah um yeah the uh epstein stuff is really uh Kind of confirmed that for me, you know. I mean, there's folks on on Facebook and social media that I never in a million years would have thought would have posted a political anything. And, uh, you know, right now at the time of recording this podcast, the whole, you know, Epstein didn't hang himself thing is huge. I mean, every other post on my freaking wall is that. And like I said, a lot of these are coming from people that I would never see anything at all. But it's just, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. People are just done. You know. they're, they're done with facades. They're done with pretense. They're done with political correctness. Right. And, you know, and I, I'm certainly not an advocate of hate speech or ganging up on somebody. But mm-hmm. I think it was Mel Brooks who said something absolutely brilliant. Let's go. Let's get away from being worried about offending somebody and just doing our darndest to offend everybody equally. Right. You know? Right. Um, yeah. You know, everything was funnier. Everything was more relaxed that way. Oh, God. People. You know? Well, the best saying, which, you know, my buddy Jeff always says, he's like, you know, you know, you go back, you know, 60s, 70s, even 80s for people had a sense of humor, right? Like they didn't take stuff so seriously. You slip up and say something wrong. It was like, ha, whatever, you know, you look at movies like Blazing Saddles. Oh, yeah. you can't tell me <laughs> you can't tell me that every actor in that movie did not have an awesome time. Oh, they, they had a blast. Exactly. And I, I remember the White, last, black, brown, doesn't matter. They had a blast. Last time I saw that, I was thinking, there is no way in Hades a movie like that would ever be made <laughs> no, in this day and age. No. But you look at things like that, and it's just, it's it's awesome. You know? I mean, they were just being funny. Like, who cares? If somebody gets offended, like, eh, whatever. You know, you'll get over it. But it, they're just having a good time. And, and golly, it's just... 
everybody's so touchy feely, and I don't know. Maybe this vinyl, maybe the vinyl is uh, is a light back a ways. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I uh, I I'll tell you. Like if I had some coin, um, I there would be nothing I would love more to do than open up a recording house and just bare bones it mm-hmm. in a way. You know, I mean, have good equipment and everything, right? But just almost kind of bare bones of recording and like you know, get some real music going again. I mean, mic stuff, you know, run it through some old tubes, some old compressors, you know, LA two A, whatever. Like just, For some, just I, old. And you know? I can't explain why. To me, that music just seems more accessible. You know, it it, okay. re, it relates. You know, I can right. I can hear it. You know. And for me, I mean, I guess part of it's being a musician. I can, I, you know, I can listen. Because well, there was lyrics too, Billy. Right, right. Like, I heard a lyric on a country song. I can't remember the name. I was so dumbfounded. Um, what the heck? I can't remember the song. But it was literally, the, this was the lyric, Billy. I think I should be a songwriter if these, these fly on top 40 records now. It was like, I know she likes beer because she told me. That was the lyric. Wow. I know she likes beer. Because she told me. Shakespeare must be crapping his pants for you. What that one. the hell? Like, <laughs> what? How? What? God almighty. Like, what is. What? <laughs> it and, was and, the most and was, stupid. Like, and, and like with a lot of these. Geez. A lot of these pop albums and pop singles like that, they're multiple songwriters, they're multiple producers. Yeah. Think about like Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. Right. Two songwriters, the band produced it. You know, right. that was it. You know, simple. God and it was right. just a legendary song. Right. Right. Well, you look at, you know, Frankie Valli and Sherry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bob Gaudio wrote that on the freaking bus over to Frankie's house last minute, you know. And it just, it just, boom, there it was. But it was just solid, you know. And going back to you want to talk about analog recording. I mean, that was a big thing, you know, like doubling the voice, recording it in stereo. You know, that was a big freaking deal with that record. And uh, again, you run that thing through an LP and like you can hear it on the radio all day long, but you run that on vinyl and oh, geez, the richness and the fullness and the just uh, gives me shivers literally just thinking about it, you know? I mean, I love being able to sit and pick out the parts, you know, I love yeah. being able to say, just kind of hone in on the bass line, hone yeah. in on, on the percussion. Right. What is the guy on the organ doing? Is it a Well, Hammond? because you can hear it right. when there's dynamics, you can hear it. You start compressing the living you-know-what out of everything and limiting and, you know, EQing to the max. I mean, literally, it's like the songs you hear now, and, and one of the worst, like, I like Sirius XM a lot, but, like, their on-air processing is holy mother of pearl. It's over the top. I mean, like, just listen sometime, especially, like, if you have an older vehicle and you have Sirius XM. Like, I didn't realize just how bad it was until I had, my like, my previous vehicle, which was a... 08 so i mean it wasn't even that old right and jesus oh my gosh like just the sound coming out of the speakers was horrendous i could not fix it even with my internal eq it was just so compressed and so overdone and so it's just like oh my goodness you know like my newer vehicle can kind of figure it out because it's got better you know speakers better audio and whatnot but man oh man it's nothing to write home about that's for sure you know but Right, it's interesting. So I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see where this stuff goes. But there's nothing like it. If you have not ever listened to vinyl, go to the pawn shop, buy just something old. It's probably gonna sound like hell, scratchy, whatever. But I promise you, literally, just a straight record and two speakers is gonna get you a richer sound than any CD 
any iPod, any iPad, any iDevice. I mean, like, it's going to give you a whole new level, you know. And uh, Well, I went to the pawn shop. I spent $10 and got a whole pot of albums. Right. Um, Zeppelin II, because I lost my previous copy. Mm-hmm. Rush, Fly By Night, just some really good stuff. I started listening at 8 o'clock. I looked at my clock. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Oh, it's easy to do. I was just listening to It just to sucks you away. It sucks you in, you know? And and that's one thing I noticed, too, is like, I'll, I'll go through albums, and I'm like, geez, like, that was like hours, you know, just fly by because I was, so, you know, it, it, I don't know, man. It just engrosses you. And then, you know, you take it a step further and, you know, add your, you know, your big amp to it, right? You know, or you can kind of mess around with the frequencies, and then you add your, your EQ to it, and then you get some better speakers. I mean, like... It's a lot of fun. Like, yeah. it's a lot of fun, you know, because really, that's the thing. When when music still has some dynamics to it, you can almost, in a sense, add your own little bit of flavor to it. Absolutely. You know, you can you can hone that signal into what you want. Do you want it warmer with more bass? Do you want more high end? But the problem is with today's music, if I bump the high end on that stuff, it's like, you know, it's all, it's so syllabant is i don't know if that's the word but so yeah. there's so much syllabit syllabant there's so much s's going on that you can't even listen to it without blowing out your freaking eardrums and that's what's nice again about older you know songs that that still had some dynamics you can kind of make that song your own and tailor it into your liking and one of the reasons you don't hear sibilants very much on um, records is you know after about the second or third pressing all the sibilants goes away right you know um you know Going a little bit back and forth, you can, you know, you can, you know, and you still, you haven't processed the living, you know, daylights out mm-hmm. of it, but you still, it's smoother, you know, right. it's, it's, you know, it just sounds right after you, right. after you do that. Totally, totally. No, it's, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I, I, I spend hours doing that, you know, I mean, just messing around with, you know, um, and really, man, you can really get into it too. Oh my gosh. Like. I've, you know, had my stuff hooked up for years and listen here and there, you know, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself like a super big, what do they call it? Audio? Audiophile. Audiophile. I wouldn't be huge into it, but I kind of like ventured more into it. You know, once I started looking up on YouTube, I realized just like how, how, how big this really is, you know, and like leveling, you know, making sure your, your table's perfectly level. Right. And like, you know, how much weight you have coming down on your needle and there, I mean, it's really, it's a fun freaking hobby because like all this stuff that you're doing to, you know, your, your record player, your 45, whatever, like it, it just enhances the sound. You know, and once you get that really dialed in, man, you get, oh gosh, it's just so good. So good. You know, I, 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 a while back got a kind of a high end record player and, you know, I can even adjust the speed at which it goes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I sat there and just kind of, you know, I knew how the songs were supposed to sound. So I just, you know, used the, the Zeppelin album just to get it. And I got it perfect speed. Yeah. Sounds better than any MP3. Right. But you know, you speak, you know, but one thing we talk about genuine you know, I remember years ago I was in a recording studio. I was going to lay down some tracks for for a gospel project, mm-hmm. and um, the the little old lady doing the singing was unbelievably out of key. Mm-hmm. Just you know, it was just she was sweet as she could be, but it was terrible. <laughs> yeah, right. And the producer, I remember him saying to me, "Don't worry about it." He hit a button and he sort of transposed the sound of the band. Yeah, and he digitally altered, you know, her voice. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and she she sounded like Loretta Lynn on steroids. Yeah, you know, I yep. mean, she just just set the thing so on true. fire. So true. But the real time, what was going on was just like, 
oh my, you yeah. do not need to quit your day job. You right, know? right. Oh yeah, yep. No, that's so true. It's so easy to fix things. Um, and every once in a while, a lot of them are fake, but you can go on like YouTube and, you know, type in like a famous artist, you know, without auto-tune or something like that. And <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> like, you know, again, some of them are fake, you know, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes, but, um, it, it's amazing once you start listening to them, like just how poor the overall quality is, you know, when, uh, when a lot of these artists start singing and, and, and they all do it. That's, that's the thing. I don't think there's probably any record out there that's been recorded in the last, what, 20 years that probably doesn't have some sort of auto tune, some sort of processing. Well, they all have processing, but, um, you know, some sort of tone match or something on it, you know, to bring that vocal to, you know, where they want it. So it's, it's very interesting, very interesting. So, but you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to see where all this will go. You know, yeah, and what HD vinyl will do, you know. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very curious about this because again, like you know, bringing back, like, okay, you take a, a track that's been recorded and processed to the hill, and you run that on vinyl. I've never done it, so I don't know what it sounds like. Maybe somebody out there has. You can tell me. Like, I can't first. Well, wait a minute. I do. Wait, we should run this after this podcast. I've got uh, Julie Roberts, um, country singer or whatever. Um, I bought her record when I saw her in concert because, you know, again, she had CDs, whatever, and she had one LP in the back, you know, like, I'm like, I want that, you know, and she took it out and signed it for me and all this, and uh, I don't know, I'll have to listen, but, you know, Shooter Jennings, like, she works with him, so, I mean, I don't think that her stuff is probably completely murdered in the way of processing, you know, being a guy like Shooter Jennings, I think that it probably still has a little bit more dynamics than you know, what say, like, I don't even know a top recording artist anymore, you know, like, or not a uh, recording artist, but a uh, um, mastering artist or, you know, production house. I don't even know, you know, you go back, you know, I, I can tell you some, but, but new stuff, I, I couldn't tell you, you know, what the big shops are or anything like that. Yeah, know? I remember back in the day, you know, even sometimes even producers were celebrities, Ted Templeton, Matt oh, Lang, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah, no, uh, totally, totally, you know, um, gosh, yeah, I mean, there's just, just, yeah, <laughs> they were. They really were, you know, because they were known like, you know, magic ears. You know, they, they knew what things needed to sound like. I mean, you had, uh, why am I drawing a blank? Uh, Ronnie, uh, Phil Spector. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, these people were just nuttier than all hell, but but legends, you know. Um, why am I thinking? I can't think of the one for Frankie Valley. Because um, Bob Gaudio. Bob Gaudio was the, he was the Yeah, he was the writer. Um, why can I not think of... Uh, yeah, and I know I can, oh, I can see his yeah, picture in my brain. I know, gosh, because he passed away, like what, eight or nine or something like that. Um, God, I'll think of it. But anyways, yeah, I mean, you think about like those guys were just as famous as the artists. Oh yeah, you know, because they they just man, they had that. Yeah, they had the vision, you know. So it'll be interesting with this whole HD vinyl thing. I'm very curious what that means or what that looks like. What I'm hoping, you know, of course, I'll be I'll be one to say that, you know, I love being able to get on YouTube. It's like, oh, I haven't heard such and such song in years. I wonder if I can find yeah. it. And being able to find it and pull it up. Yeah. But, you know, if you have the like a, a like a format that, you know, okay, yeah, you can find it on YouTube, but, you know, oh, gosh, it sounds so much better if you purchase it and put it, yeah. you know, such a thing could probably save the music industry, which is in <laughs> kind of a toilet downward spiral God, thing. you're telling me. She liked beer. I know because she told me, or whatever the hell that lyric. What a joke. What a joke, man. <laughs> like, just, 
oh man, the quality, the absolute quality, just, ugh. It just, I can't even hardly continue this podcast because it just, it just frustrates me to no end, you know, and, and some of the best songs out there, you know, um, I love what Alan Jackson and George Strait did a couple, you know, Murder on Music Row. Uh, have you heard that song, Billy? No, we'll have to listen to it after. So basically it just talks about like the music inter- industry in Nashville, you know, murdering it where people like Johnny Cash, you know, and, and those, those you know, textbook country artists couldn't make it anymore. And then George Strait, uh, uh, probably two, three years ago, put out one called Kicked Out of Country. (laughs) (laughs) It was just kind of an F you to Nashville. Because you you look at somebody like George Strait, who, you know, the number one selling artist, like of all time. And is he he all time? I don't know. He's 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 up there. there. He's He's up there. there. And, you know, somebody like that could put out a record now and it won't even get on the radio. Yeah. What the heck, man? But, you know, the, there, there are glimmers of hope, though. I mean, like, like Scooter Jennings, you know. Yeah. He sounds a lot like his dad. Yeah. Uh, somebody, you know, told me, said, you need to check out the Eagles when Deacon Fry, you know, mm-hmm. the son of Glenn Fry singing. Like, right. You know, he probably sounds, guy sounds just like his dad. Yeah. Um, just very much. Well, that's like Ned Ledoux, Chris Ledoux's kid. You know, he's another one sounds, I mean, eerily like dad. You know, so there is hope. There is hope. I, I just, uh, it'll be very interesting. I mean, we kind of, I don't want to say we went off topic with this because I mean, we were talking about vinyl, but I mean, this is, this is the topic around vinyl. This is, I think why it's so sought after and it is coming back. And again, you know, like, uh, you know, when I saw Julie Roberts, um, you know, she was selling vinyl at her booth, you know, um, I think Casey Musgraves was too, um, a lot of these artists are starting to sell vinyl at their booths, but well, what what this whole HD thing looks like, I don't know. Well, It'll even you know, like working in master control, you know, right. I, I'm you know processing Corden and you know um, Steve Colbert, yeah, and they bring on musical artists, and you know when the musical artist comes on, you know the the host Colbert mm-hmm. or whoever they, they they'll hold up a vinyl album. Oh they, yeah, they yeah, yeah they do, CD. they do, they do. Did you know? Um, I didn't realize this, but um, um, uh, Dick Clark. Um, you know, Dick Clark, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, on American Bandstand or whatever, did you know, like, those artists were not allowed to sing live? Oh, yeah, they always lip-synced. Yeah, I, I forget where I learned that, but um, I, I thought that was interesting, you know. Be, but, but, yeah, he had, like, this is what, you know, because you think about it, like, no matter the artist, even with all the process, they always sound a little different live. They always kind of oh, have yeah. their own little spin to something, you know. And uh, I, I always found that very interesting that, no, it was like, nope, nope, you're going to come on American Bandstand. You are going to be lip synced, period. No ifs, ands, or buts. And they did that quite a bit on Soul Train, too. Yeah, I heard that. Yep, yep, Soul Train. Because mm-hmm. I, I pulled up a, something on Soul Train, it was, you know, a classic R&B act. And you can hear them fading. And yeah. They're still playing just like they're, you know, and <laughs> yeah. they're fading, you know, because right. it's clearly a recording. But, yeah, right, right. But back in the day, nobody probably noticed or cared. I, no, know. God, no. They just thought it was cool because, you know, like one of my buddies brought up one time, he's like, you got to think about like shows like even Hee Haw, okay? Right. Like as corny as they were, like that was the only real way for a country fan per se to see what, you know, an artist look like. Like George Jones, what does he look like? TV wasn't like huge back then, you know, it's still radio. So yeah, you might hear a George Jones all the time, but you don't ever see him. Even Johnny Cash, like as, as famous as they were, these people weren't, you know, they just, it wasn't like, you know, you just type in Johnny Cash on your computer and boom, there goes 80,000 images, you know? So this was like the only opportunity for these kind of, you know, for people to, to, to see their favorite artists and, and view them and that, you know, you know that and talk show and variety shows, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, you know, I, I remember even as a kid, you know, 
you know, I'd heard all kinds of Def Leppard music. I had no idea what they looked like. And so, right. you know, live from wherever, it's Def Leppard. I remember like, I can't remember what I was doing. I nearly jumped over a couch to run into them. Right, I exactly. Wanted, I wanted to see what they looked like performing. You I know? still do that. I still do that. You know, um, like I'm a, you know, I'll admit I'm a huge Hee Haw fan, man. <laughs> like, it's corny as hell. But I, have you ever watched Hee Haw? Oh, <laughs> man. You know, I, I grew up on Hee Haw. You know, I, I grew up mostly in my grandfather's house. If you grew up in grandpa's house, oh, you know, hee haw come on on Saturday, yeah. and if you were in the house, that's what yeah. was on. Wrestling on the, in the morning, hee haw in the evening. Oh yeah, you know, without fail. Yeah, we uh, my grandparents' house. There was a lot of Lawrence Welk, a lot. Um, the um, 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 God, why am I drawing a blank here? I think it's because I'm tired, man. I haven't tried to take a nap here. Um, the brother, geez, Statler brothers. Right. That was the other one. Like you don't mess around when the Statler brothers were on, when they came on television, don't mess with things. Don't bother grandma and grandpa. Cause they were into freaking Statler brothers, you know? And, and it was at that age, I didn't really appreciate it, you right. know, but I'm glad now again, you know, like my parents are a lot older. My grandparents are all long passed away, but you know, I was raised by that generation coming out of that, you know, and, and the hee-haw generation. And when, when people had a sense of humor, could you think about half the stuff that went on hee-haw? It wouldn't, wouldn't fly. Jeez. Somebody would be like, gee, that would be one lawsuit after another. But it was just funny. Like, you think about the, uh, what were the women called? The, um, the hee-haw honeys. The hee-haw honeys. Could you imagine that now? Oh, man. Oh, you couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. And again, it's so good humor, so just whatever, like... Oh my gosh. That was one thing with Hee Haw. I didn't realize this, but they were recorded like they would only record a couple times each year. So they did those shows just like bam, ba, bam, ba, bam, ba, bam, ba, bam, just one after another for like a week, you know. I can't even imagine. But um, yeah, could you imagine the Hee Haw honeys now? There's no way. There's no way that would fly. They'd have protesters outside the studio, oh, you know. Geez. But you can't tell me there's not one of those. I bet you there's not one of those Hee Haw honeys. Well, again, my buddy Jeff down in Nashville, like he's met a lot of the still living artists down there, um, and they all loved it. You know, they all had a good time. Like yeah. it was just, it was fun. You know, people had a sense of humor. Um, like Junior Sample, do you know he literally couldn't like hardly read? Oh wow! I didn't know where that. could a guy like that get a job anymore in today's day? Like, where would that fit in in show business? It wouldn't. But you know, he he was just like he was just him. You know, he was just him, and he was one of the best characters on the whole show. Junior Sample in his used cars, you tremendously know? talented. Yeah, I know, but literally, like he could barely read. So he would like he would just they would just like if you watch him, like he'll kind of try to read the prompter sometimes. He can't. Yeah. Like if you really watch him, but if you just tell him to say something, he could just memorize it and shoot it out. You know, it was crazy. It was crazy. But you know, um, so there again, you know, bringing back the like real talent. Who the hell cares, man? Like, bring back the real freaking talent. No more of these little Barbie dolls and Ken dolls and whatever. Just, like, ah, just want to hear some good music, you know, and good writing. Golly, like. But see, I think people, I think in this age, we're clamoring for people we can relate to. We don't want somebody who's, like, digitally processed some unattainable, you know, divine-like figure. I, I don't know. You know. I don't know. Do you think we've hit that point yet, though? I, I think we're hitting it. I mean. You think so? Yeah, we're living, I worry. I don't know. We're living in an age that they call the postmodern age. Okay. And there's there's some problems with it. You know, yeah. big, where to start. It's yeah, it's it's weird. It's, you know, the big institutions are no longer revered. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a move toward the local, toward the grassroots stuff. You know, and, yeah. and that could carry it. Yeah. You know, the major religious denominations are dying. Yep. But non denominational churches are flourishing. They're mm-hmm. popping up everywhere and they're they're doing well. Right. Um I think we're maybe 20 years away from a third party 
you know, political candidate. God, I can't believe there hasn't been a third party yet. Like a valid one. I'm not talking like Nader, you know, I'm talking like a valid. Somebody who could steal the show. Yeah. Actually, like instead of like hindering the election, actually like bring something, you know, and that's what pisses me off with this whole Green Party garbage. It's like, okay, listen, I get it. I get it. I respect what you're doing, but until you get like some juice behind you, like just stop it. You're you're dicking up everything for everybody else, okay? Like, I'm not going to get into politics too much. Well, maybe we will someday. I don't know. But it's just like, just leave it alone. Anyways. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really surprised that a, an actual party, you know, every, but there again, everybody wants to talk. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody wants to talk. But you know what? Do they do anything? No. Nope. Sure don't. But, sure freaking don't. And, you know, we could touch on politics at some point without actually going into it. I mean, I think like the divisiveness of it. Yeah. So I'm, 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 I have conservative leanings, but I'm an independent libertarian type. Right. Which means I don't drink the Kool Aid of either particular Good. political cult. You shouldn't. Yeah. If you start drinking the Kool Aid from any party these days, you're gonna be uh, you're gonna be seeing things that you never thought possible. I mean, it's uh, not in a good way. But it lends to some objectivity, you know. That yeah. I think is, is a great thing. So okay. no, I, I I you know, and that's the thing is like I don't mind. Everybody thinks that one party or the other is just so set in their ways. Like, I don't know why folks just can't carry on a conversation anymore. You know, whether you agree or disagree, like, right. just sit down and have a freaking conversation, you know. But instead, it's just nobody's going to ever, especially you look at, you know, right and left, they're never going to agree. Like, they just, they're so divided that, like, the left could be right or the right could be left. It doesn't matter. They're never going to, like, it, it doesn't matter. If the left comes up with something, right's not going to agree with it. The right comes up with something, the left's not going to agree. It doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't to, matter. To disagree for the sake of disagreement, right? You know, it's, right? It's, no, hundred percent. And it's just it's gotten to be so frustrating. I mean, frankly, like if anything needs to go back to the way it was, that's the freaking you know politics. Yeah. All of them, scratch them, start new at this point. Yeah, like, you know, I, I grew up in the South, you know, where the, you know, at a time when the Democratic Party was still very powerful, but yeah. it was fading. Uh huh. But lots of porch conversations, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, these guys having these conversations on the porch are wiser than the people who are getting paid the big bucks to run. One hundred percent, they know? are. One hundred percent, they are. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing the amount of wisdom you can pick up when you just sit down and talk to people. You know, especially they've seen it, they've been there, done that, and. Uh, I just, <clears throat> yeah, I, that's a, that's one. We'll, we'll have to tackle that someday because, um, you know, again, I'm not going to come out, you know, advocating for one thing or another, but I think there's a lot of things that the American people just, um, put on your big boy panties and do so. This is still Absolutely. a freaking democracy. Okay. Despite what you think, this is still a democracy. And if enough people are pissed off and can do like, you can still do something you can. Okay. You can get rid of the nut jobs. You can do it. Okay, it's hard, and you got to get a following. Okay, but uh, instead of just sitting here, you know, pissed off, stomping around, you know, going to your safe space and crying it out, why don't you take that energy and like put it towards something productive instead of you know being a little sis who can't deal with whatever the situation is at hand? You know, it's like there's been lots of presidents in my history that I don't agree with. Right. You know, I still respect them. Okay, a lot of politicians that I don't agree with, but I still respect them. I just not oh couple two two three weeks ago had a beer with a local politician that i don't agree with 90 percent of his policies but you know what i respect the hell out of the guy and i'll sit down and have a beer with him you know what the hell's wrong with that nothing nothing this absolutely nothing we can carry on a, a good conversation about it but anyways yeah lps uh 
<laughs> could could vinyl be the comeback that saves all of America? I don't know. That's a broad statement. But LPs are going to save Western civilization. There I'm you convinced. go. At least the music aspect of things, you know. But uh, man, there's there's a lot of potential there. And again, I did not realize the interest behind vinyl until I just started doing some preliminary research on like, you know, oh, how do I do this with my turntable or how do I do that? You know, da 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 da. And people, man. It's all over. And the amount of views these people are getting on, like, YouTube are just staggering. You know, that's the other thing I couldn't believe is it's not just, you know, 100 people or, you know, 200 people clicking like or listening. I mean, these are millions of views on these, like, little old dudes sitting in a room listening to vinyl and talking about different, you know, how to do this, how to do that, how to get the most out of this. So it's an interesting deal. I'm pretty excited to see where it goes. But, uh, yeah, who knows? You know, society, culture... You know, it's it's often surprising. You know, yeah. Nobody saw the grunge movement coming in and blowing away the hair bands and the pop acts. You know? That's true. That's very true. Yeah. Nobody saw that coming. So you know, the next movement may be something that totally just wow. You know, where just did out that come of left from? field. Yeah, I hope it is because I'm so sick of the mainstream top forty garbage. Right. I mean, you look at like okay, like go back to the fifties and sixties, and you look at like the top forty and the fluctuation. In the top 40, like, I mean, man, like, you had new artists coming to the table all the time and new music coming to the table all the time. Your top 40 was constantly switching out. God, the dogs are antsy today. Um, but, like, it was constantly switching out. Now it's like the top 40 is just top 40, top 40. It's the same. And even if it's a new song, it sounds the same as everything else, you right. know, whether it be country, pop, rock. I don't care. It all sounds the same. And, you know, and I do wonder, you know, will there ever be another big movement in music? Will there be another alternative rock music you know, movement? Will there Golly. be another country, you know, outlaw movement? Because we are subdivided because, you know, used to we yeah. all watched MTV. Right. And there were videos we liked, we did videos we didn't like, but we all watched the same thing. And, yeah. you know, there was bleed over. Radio, there's XM radio, there's, you know, everything is subdivided. You know, we don't really have that common yeah. stream that we all draw from as much as we used to. But right. whoever knows, you know. And isn't XM, Sirius XM a monopoly? Pretty much. Now, I, I'll tell you, I'm very unfamiliar with it because when I, I lived in Alaska for years, we yeah. couldn't get it in Alaska. Really? So it was kind of a, kind of a non-player. That there. makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, you know, there's all sorts of factors. It's because of harp. That's a subject we got to get. It's because of oh, harp. Yeah. They're shutting it down. Up. No, I'm just kidding. That's conspiracy stuff. But anyways, no, um... I don't know. They have a monopoly. Like, what the heck else is there for streaming satellite radio? Nothing else. Why is that not a problem? Um, eventually, I'm sure somebody will what? wake up and say, hey, you know. God, what is happening? Because it used to be Sirius or XM. They were two. Then they right. came together. You know? Right. It's just, I don't it's know. It's like the DirecTV and Primestar, you know. Yeah, it's right. Just... It's... It'll be interesting. Well, anyways, that's our two bits on vinyl. Uh, I got the website cooking along, cattlebaronsclub.com. You can check us out on Facebook as well. Uh, just type in Cattle Barons Club. Post your comments, any story ideas. Story ideas. How about uh, podcast idea? Whatever you want us to talk about, we'll tackle it. Uh, as you've probably learned, we kind of veer off a little bit, but uh, that's the glory behind this. It's literally just two guys sitting down having a drink and... Uh, talking about something today obviously vinyl um which i think there's a that's going to be an ongoing conversation i really want to like i need to track down somebody who really knows like the the technical side of vinyl and could like you know with like hd vinyl and whatnot can like explain that a little bit more because i don't i don't understand what the hell makes h what makes vinyl hd right i don't know i mean i've I don't know. So, anyways, yeah, any topics you might want us to talk about, uh, if you want to private message us, you can do that. I do have an email 
It's not set up yet, but we will have an email through the website too. Uh, I got to get that set up. But it, you can send us a message on Facebook. Uh, if you want to post it to the page, feel free. You know, that page is kind of your... Uh, but don't be dumb. If you post something stupid on the page, I will ban you. Okay, I don't have time for this nonsense, so don't be dumb. Um, am I missing anything, Billy? Um, not that I can think of. Okay. All right. Well, anyways, yeah, thanks for hanging out with us here on the Cattle Barons Club. We'll see you here shortly. Get in on the conversation. Like the Cattle Barons Club on Facebook. The Cattle Barons Club podcast is a service of Jason Laird Productions, LLC. For the latest episodes and contact information, visit us online at cattlebaronsclub.com.